You're listening to Damage at the Dish, the podcast about data-driven hitting and data-driven baseball in general, with Nate Pearson and Ryan Johansson. Damage the Dish is brought to you by Great Lakes Bat Company, the quality maker of custom wooden bats and the industry's leader in personalized bat fitting. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Damage the Dish, Season 2, Episode 13. Ryan, how we doing, buddy? Good, man. Just, uh, you know, trying to keep up with all these, all these Zoom calls. And, um, you know, we had a great, great call yesterday with um, Dr. Rob Seifer. You did a great job in the hitting stuff. Bryce crushed the workouts. Uh, it's been uh, it's been awesome. No, yeah, yesterday was um, was dope. I definitely um, little biased because I talked a little bit yesterday, but yeah, no. Um, Robin Bryce uh, did a great job. I was definitely uh, locked in and took some notes and super excited. Um, that book that Rob uh, recommended, Mind Gym. I definitely bought it on Amazon while he was talking. Ten bucks. Um, <laughs> definitely excited to get you know dive into that and learn. Uh, keep learning, man. I was pumped. What's the biggest takeaway uh, you got from Rob? Um, I think just like how how positive he sees everything, dude. Like I try to like say you know I'm you know big positive vibes only, but I definitely am like guilty of the stuff he was like saying what we do as coaches or even like as players. Um, just kind of how he was always like, dude, just hit the reset button, man. Like flush it, reset, reset, and kind of breathe and um, you just kind of take like a really mature route to. Um, like the mental side, dude, I definitely like, that definitely helped me just individually. So, I mean, I couldn't imagine what it helped for those younger guys that were listening. Yeah, man, he was, uh, the biggest thing that, you know, I took away from him was, you know, we, we do have to practice what we preach, you know, right. stuff, you know, a lot of coaches talk about how important the mental side is, but, you know, we don't do what we preach, you know, we don't have the reset button. We say, Hey, you can't throw a temper tantrum. Then, you know, we yell at an umpire or, um, you know, especially the youth levels, like young and umpires, a little different. And, you know, when you get a little older, um, but you know, we you know where we throw our helmet or we kick a bucket or we do something that like we don't want to do, um, and that's something that you know I think everybody just needs to you know take in take inventory of and be self aware of because I think emotional intelligence and the awareness of what you're feeling and how you're able to get along with a variety of different people is. Um, it was really important, um, and that was—I thought that was awesome. You crushed it yesterday. Yeah, it was money. I enjoyed it a lot. It was awesome. So, what are we? Uh, what's in the docket today, man? What are we talking about? So today, we—I um, think we're going to talk about Justin Stone's tweet from last night. Um, and basically, what it was is he put up a picture, nine pictures, and you could only pick, and they're all training tools, and you could only pick three of them. You say, all right. I play a game. Let's assume you have to pick three. And this game is a fun game because you, you know, what made it hard is that you couldn't add anything on, and you had to pick three. And then you had people who tried to play that were like, "No, I need ten and eleven. Like that's not the game. Play the game. <laughs> like if you don't want, like just don't play. Like don't change the rules." Uh, <laughs> um, but essentially, you know, the, the nine things were: the first thing was the teeth. Um, the second thing were overload, underload trainers. The third thing was uh, motion capture. The fourth thing was a through wheel machine. The fifth thing were like plow balls or heavy balls. Um, the sixth thing, um, the sixth thing was, um, shoot, why can't I think of the sixth thing now? Uh, <laughs> Spin ball? The seventh thing, 
No, it was the through machine. The seventh thing was blast. Um, the eighth thing um, were. That's gonna drive me nuts now. I thought I had it memorized. I thought I had it memorized. Um, that's on me. That's on, that's that's a hundred percent on me. What am I doing? <laughs> All right, got it. So the sixth thing were uh, long barrel and short barrel bats. So essentially bats were like 36, 36 or a bat that's like 26 things shorter. So uh, the second thing was blast. The eighth thing was a TBC progression or some kind of like patterning drills. And then the ninth thing was hit tracks. Uh, Justin picked three, four, and eight. And the reason he picked three, so three was the 3D motion capture. Uh, four was the through wheel machine. And eight was the patterning. And basically his uh, explanation for it was, I'm going to test the pattern, I'm going to test the mechanics, then I'm going to train the patterning, I'm going to work on basically motor development. Um, and uh, motor patterning, and then I want to test it with spin ball, and then testing test it again with you know the three motion capture test, you know, repattern again, retest, rinse and repeat type thing. So that was a pretty good explanation. Um, what we're doing, I definitely could see that having a ton of value, and players getting a lot better that way. Um, what I picked was I picked the number four, which was the three wheel machine. I picked the plow balls, and I picked the tracks. And the reason I picked um, the reason I picked them, uh, the plow balls is because we tested so many drills in terms of how it affects path, how it affects overall movements and mechanics, and the variability of drills you can do with the plow balls. And then, all, of course, you get flight feedback in small spaces. You can be pretty creative. Uh, so um, there I generalized kind of different categories of people we can work with all the way up from youth to pro. And then the last thing was, uh, or then I picked uh, the through machines. So I want to be able to test that live and I'm going to be able to throw live pitches create live environments as much as I possibly can and then with the hit tracks like ball doesn't lie I want all the feedback I want to be able to really um, put objective results to what my ball is doing outside of um, just does it look good in the cage or does it look good on a field or things like that I want to, and then I want to store the information which hit track does for me automatically so that's kind of where how I picked but it was tough man I did change my answer like three or four times um, the first thing I was going to pick was going to be I was going to go through a machine, blast, and hit tracks, and I was like, no, like, you know, I love blasting, it's a great product, I think, obviously, you know, you would never actually only pick three of these things, but I think what we can do with pile balls is, I, I would assume if I did, you know, basically how we use blasting in our facilities, we do the initial assessment, right, and then we do all our drills, and then we go back and we look at things, like, typically all the blast numbers approved. So, if we already kind of know the drills to do that, that's kind of why I pick pile balls over that. And I think a lot of people who are on a budget, you know, could learn from that. But also at the same time, like we've had the luxury of playing with all these tours and testing a variety of drills. Like our arsenal is a little bit bigger just because of what we, you know, had access to. So it wouldn't be fair necessarily to, to assume everybody, you know, has had the ability to say, hey, this is a, I saw this drill. Let's test it, see if it works. Oh, that one sucks. You know, let's test this drill. Like, oh, that one's, the, that one's good. That's the sound, that's okay. Like, you can kind of bucket your drills for different things and what actually helps move the needle when you've got access to all that stuff. But what did you pick, man? That was kind of my long-winded answer. I went on one of my random tangents, <laughs> so I apologize. You mm -hmm. picked something different than me. We all picked something different. No, yeah, you're good. Um, yeah, I went with um, the, weighted, the weighted axe bats. I think that was number two. Um, Three-wheel machine, then hit tracks. Um, but, yeah, I did the same thing, dude. I erased my answer, like, three times. So I definitely was, like... Do I, you know, should I, like, I think for me, it was the two that were, like, a given from, you know, from my perspective was the three-wheel machine and hit tracks. I definitely was, like, locked in on those two. Um, then, yeah, I was between, like, the weighted bats, the plyos, um, even, like, the PVC stuff, because that stuff's so important, the movement stuff. So, I definitely was, like, 
trying to think about it. I definitely like thought way too much about it <laughs> before I you know t- initially tweeted it. Um, but yeah, I went with the uh, with the weighted bats just because I'm a huge advocate for weighted bats. I think they're so important. Um, I think you can do so much with them with you know drills. Um, and then, you know, pretty much weighted bats, you know, can map the swing. It can help, you know, self-organize a little bit. Um, and then, I, you know, we've seen personally that, you know, exit velos jump up. Um, and then, more importantly, it creates better average exit velo. Um, so I think that, you know, really helps out, um, you know, any kind of athlete at any age weighted bats are super important. Um, and then, like you said, the spin ball machine, I mean, the spin ball is awesome where you can literally throw any realistic pitch, you know, um, velo-wise, you can throw you know, any breaking ball or, any, you know, whatever kind of pitch you can think of, I mean, you can create such a great, like, game environment with the spin ball. Um, you can do different arm slots, stuff like that. You just move the machine over and try to create that, you know, live environment as much as possible, especially in the Midwest when it's super cold all the time. So, I mean, we try to create that live environment as much as we can. Um, and then hit tracks are just a given for me just because, you know, we can look at, like you said, man, ball doesn't lie. We can look at instant feedback. Um, then, you know, we can really get like nerdy with it and dive into the reports and look at, you know, the trends and look at the hit, um, the hitting reports and stuff like that and the batted ball data. Um, so yeah, that was, those are three that I picked, um, just from, you know, my opinion and what I would choose if I had to, um, just pick three. Obviously we want to pick all of them if we could, but, uh, that's kind of like the name of the game was pick three and, um, had, gave us a great uh, talking point to talk about, man. It was a good tweet. I loved it. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting how, I mean, you tag a lot of, a lot of people in there, um, you know, guys who work not only professional, but, uh, you know, baseball for different organizations, but also, you know, um, other people chimed in that have facilities and that, you know, are really, really smart minds in this game. And we all kind of had, like, a different combination. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, some people who have learned how to, you know, help hitters solve problems in a lot of different ways kind of have their own preference and their own bias and, and kind of their own methodology. So it's kind of tough, too. You know, we talk about, you know, the quote-unquote arguments all the time. I think we just have to have respect for like where we come from and we really have to understand that like we all have bias and we all have preference. Like if something might you know, I think what you described with weighted bats and what I described with plyo is like we really just sit down and hash that out. Like we're saying the same thing. We're trying to create better movement patterns, a better path and more consistent ball flight, which produces typically higher aggregate velocity, um, you know, across the board. So one I have one way to do it, you had another way to do it, the end goal is the same. Right. It doesn't make one necessarily better or worse. And, you know, you had a lot of people that had a lot of different answers. And so, you know, I think your environment also dictates, like, what you had to choose. Like, if I, if my experience was, you know, very different and I just perceived that question differently, I'm going to answer it differently. Right. If I, like, some people answered it like, well, you know, I might buy hit tracks just in case, then if I have to sell it back for rent, I might as well just, you know, get that if I have to only pick three. <laughs> I was like, dude, that wasn't the question. I think this is, like, a training methodology question, but, like, where that, where that guy's coming from is, like, rent's, like, factor in his life right now probably it is for a lot of baseball facilities right just right. because where we're at so understanding like where you come from and kind of like what Reed and Rob talked about yesterday just being aware of like who you are and like what you're good at um like that's kind of where that's, that's where the magic happens and if you're aware I don't think necessarily the training tool matters I mean these, these tools can do a lot of different things how you use them and you know all they can all they can be is what they're what they're made of you know our programming and how we the drills we prescribe with them and how we create the environment around them um for the players what makes it great and i thought that was the coolest part of the tweet was all the different answers um out of those nine and, and some were similar you know the, the four wheel machine basically was that almost everybody or three wheel machine number four was basically almost everybody's yeah almost everybody said they wanted a three wheel machine we had some guys uh, i thought the funniest answers 
outside the guys who uh, just were like, no, I need 10 and 11. Like, <laughs> trying to, like, make more, like, options. Right. Didn't want to play the game. Um, where the guys were just like, number one, the T and a, you know, front tosser. Oh, okay. Thanks for playing. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> thanks for participating. Uh, but, um, no, and I mean, that that's the way, too. I mean, just from the bias of that, like, that person has a ton of bias over all this quote-unquote new stuff, you know, I mean, way that bats aren't new. Um, heavy bats have been around since, you know, we played. And that was, you know, young doing quote-unquote bat speed programs. We just couldn't measure it. They just called it ballistic training or whatever, you know, like we talked about the other day. Right. Um, so it's just, that's kind of my soapbox on, on bias and preference. What do you think is, like, the biggest, you know, because I, I try to, like, think about this all the time. Like, what, what am I biased about that is maybe either like a true bias or what is like just my preference? Well, that's a good question. Um, so, what do you yeah. think like, what do you think you're really biased about? Like, do we, like, obviously we try to eliminate bias as much as we can with everything we measure. Right. But there's probably still like, or what did you, what were you previously about? This is a better question. What have you previously been biased about that you've since changed your opinion of? Mm. Man. Good question. I mean, for like the hitting side, I definitely, I mean, it's not like bias, but as a teaching tool, I definitely was like, when we're doing front toss, like crush the L screen. I was huge crush the L screen guy. And then that takes away from picking hit tracks where I was like, dude, those are ground outs. Like, boom, not biased anymore. That's not a good idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think the one thing that I'm like super, I think I'm biased on weighted bats, like, to be honest, like, I think... I think a lot, I mean, I've tweeted in the, like, in the past, like, weighted bats work, and then, like, people have been like, no, dude, like, or people, like, just be like, dude, weighted bats are dumb, and then I just, like, I'm like, nope, they're, they work, like, I'm, I'm on board, like, then maybe, you know, I'll get convinced years from now that they're stupid, and I'll be like, oh, I was wrong, but, like, as of right now, dude, like, that's, like, my bias, I think they're, that's, like, a essential for me. Yeah, for if sure. that answers I mean, your I question, think, sorry. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily a bias because we have so much data on like how they work and at least how we program them right. um, and how guys like you know Chad programs them and the guys you know that have used weighted bats in the past. And, um, I mean, all the data shows that they work. I mean, I don't know if I'd call that necessarily a bias, um, but maybe maybe just bias towards the tool or maybe that to me that would be more of a preference. Yeah, for sure. You know, based, based on the based on the data um, that we have, that's kind of your preference and that's kind of your, your comfort of what tool you want to use to generate some of those some of those ideas right. um, mine I think would be so like I was definitely definitely biased towards like the long ball for like probably like like you know when I first started when I first started getting into this stuff right like I think everybody kind of like fell into that trap of like every hashtag of anybody who was like any you know any kind of modern any coach was talking about like top of the cage life and there's you know these guys you know and, and I can understand too why like the old school guys are like oh now they're figuring it out like that's not you know because there's plenty of guys too that were quote unquote old school that have been teaching this forever before the octangle came like hey that's like look that's a ground ball of a pitcher that's cages 60 feet you hit the back of the net like a pitcher caught that right like, <laughs> um and uh I mean guys were putting up banners before hit track guys were or launch angle existed guys were putting up banners right and so um I think I was probably like, you know, when you first come over, you you, know, you bought in a little too hard to make it the long ball. Um, and now, you know, once you, you start looking at hit tracks too, you look at all the things that, that we can measure that, that are really important is how consistently do we hit the ball hard 
It's not just like getting the ball up in the air and hoping it goes over. Um, but also too, like, you know, from, from a preference standpoint, like I would prefer, I, I would prefer to err on the side of aggression than err on the side of like safety. Um, cause I think when we err on the side of safety, we end up making more mistakes just cause we're tentative. And like when you're on offense, you can't be that way. You end up just playing defense in an offensive role. Right. Uh, which I think is why that, why that bias probably played, um, like overplayed where it actually was. Like it played better than what it sounds like. Uh, but then getting guys to really understand, like, you know, this was what, 2000, so been what, 2014, six years ago, is we're really kind of like diving in, really getting guys to understand their attack angle, really getting guys to understand their path, really getting, really helping them create movement solutions on different pitches and understand their approach um, from there. And, and I definitely was, I was biased, I was definitely biased against machines for a while because I grew up like basically like, the machine, like I didn't understand like motor learning and I didn't understand like what impact the machine actually would have and I was very much like oh machine's going to ruin your mechanics because it's going to be chaos and I was like in 2012 2013 and you know then we kind of got into like more of like you know the short overhands and start seeing some of this stuff and you could realize that like the more you understand more about motor learning and more you read about it and um, more you really start to like just have experience working with athletes and like you know they need the chaos they need and for us too like machine is all about creating anxiety like we put the strobe glasses on and we're trying to create those anxious environments and like having like teaching them how to breathe teaching them how to reset because we can talk about resetting what Rob talked about on the, on the show um, on our Zoom call yesterday all day long but we, they never practice resetting when do they get when do they get those reps when do they get those mental reps to practice resetting like they have to fail in practice if that's the case and so, for me, like that's really what the machine's all about, even outside of just what it can do from a spin perspective, but you like velo perspective and brain training perspective. It's, it teaches you, it can give you in-game live mental reps, um, you know, when it blows you up and you've got to find a way to reset and compete. I remember getting into a heated argument about machine when I was coaching high school baseball. I think you were there. I remember. Uh, remember in the remember in the well, so our they our coach want or like our I was the assistant. The head coach wanted to use the machine, but we were using like like batting cage balls. Like I was like, this is stupid. We're wasting time. Let me just throw BP. And we got like in a heated argument about using the machine and not using the machine. And I remember I was against the machine hardcore. Like didn't want to use it. And I remember being like, he was like, we have to use it. And I was like, we don't need to use it. I remember like, I was like heated about it. And yeah, I think I was like picking some stuff up um, or dropping something off. Or yeah. We were sharing that building for something at, at that time. Um, right. I think I was just like, picking up a bucket of balls. And uh, I don't remember exactly, but I do now vaguely remember what you're talking about. And I mean, I think like for a situation like that, if it's not productive, like don't just use the machine just to use it. Because like, again, all these tools can only do what they can do. In that case, that machine is really wild. It was constantly kept raising it up. Like, <laughs> the high school kids didn't know how to feed it. Like, you know, there was almost hitting some guys. Like, they didn't want to be there. They didn't understand, like, why they were doing it. There was no context built for them, so they just had to stand in, and then, like, they felt like crap at the end of the day. And there was no context to, like, okay, hey, you feel like crap now? Like, you're going to feel crap, like, crap at the end of a, a game sometimes. How do you come back tomorrow? How do you go home and, like, reset? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, this is a learning lesson for you. It was just like, don't do the machine. Okay, you guys all suck, but I see you. Like, <laughs> right, and then you know, and then like you talk about like building culture and things like that. I think that's tough um, from that. But again, it's you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with, with yeah. you on that. Um, but now I'm like all about the, yeah. now I'm all about the machine life. 
that's I'm taking well, yeah, I'm taking yours. I was bi- I was biased on the machine for sure for a long time. So, but um, yeah, I just think it's important for us as coaches to really understand like where we come from, like what we've learned from. Um, I think like there's like a lot of people who knew a lot of stuff that like we think we figured out like ahead of time, and like it's a really bad look because like on the same thing like you see people like post things as if there's like new information or like we've been doing that for years like, <laughs> right. that doesn't offend me I'm not like mad that they didn't like find us or talk to us or like ask my opinion I'm not mad that they wouldn't figure that out for themselves or from somebody else I think it's a really bad look when you know somebody posts something and like maybe I think I saw a tweet the other day it was like really smart people are finally getting on the train like don't get left behind like that's a terrible look like right. like, what do you, like I've been shouting this from the rooftop for years like good for you man like sure maybe I, I've never heard you say it like right um, and uh, I can't remember who that was about but it was like one of like the leading like one of the leading like you know pitching coaches uh, somebody like retweeted him and was like finally the guy gets it it's like you have to not a good look for you like, <laughs> right just <laughs> But, um, yeah, there's like, I mean, there's so many times, there's so many things that, like, people figured out before we figured them out that, like, you know, just have more experience or older, like, you know, had different opportunities than us. And, like, doesn't mean, like, we're stupid. It just means our experience is, is different. And same thing for other people who are just now figuring out that, like, uh, stuff we've been doing for, <laughs> for years, right? Um, I just, I don't, I mean, you don't need to be, you don't need to be first necessarily um, on that side of things. I'd like to be. I'd like to be the one, you know, to, to just have that opportunity because I feel like it gives you the most amount of time to learn how to be the best at it. But it, uh, you can learn from some people, man. We're all standing on the shoulders of giants. No, yeah, I think, yeah, like like you said, man. I think it's just you know you you try to be. For me, I just try to be a sponge all the time, trying to just like constantly learn and constantly get better. Because you know, for me, I think you know my opinion. Um, you know, if I continue to grow and learn, like that's how much more I can help the players learn and grow. So if that's how I look at it. When I look at like doing my research or doing my homework on stuff and trying to like, you know, be better at my job or be, you know, learn more. I'm trying to like, the reason why I try to do that as much, obviously for myself, cause I want to like, you know, grow, but I know if I learn something new, I can pass it on to a player and hopefully, you know, I can benefit them somehow. It's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, it's interesting to hear different points of view and like understand like where things are like coming from. Um, the biggest thing, like I was on a Zoom call today and like somebody was like, quote unquote, like taking my brain. And I learned so much from him. Like just like the questions he was asking, like why he was asking those questions, like why those questions were important to him. Um, what environment has he been in the past of like how he's had to be creative and like and solve problems. Um, it was like a really, like you can learn from absolutely anybody. Right. And I think when you that, when you, when you take that approach and you actually actively try to learn versus, you know, cause I've definitely, I've definitely had conversations too where I've like called somebody and been like, Hey man, I got to pick your brain. I've got a couple questions. And they're like, like they can be like snobby sometimes. Like, yep. Gotcha. I'll tell you everything I know, you know, and then there's <laughs> like, you know, then there's the conversations that are like, dude, man, thanks for calling. Like, I really appreciate it. Like, dude, I'm pumped to talk with you. Like, you know, what, what do you got? And then, like, I'll ask a question, and, like, they'll lead it back with, like, another question. Like, dude, I didn't think about it that way before. Like, that's really cool. Like, like let's let's talk. Let's, uh, let's maybe talk more often or something like that. And so I think I try to be that same way, too, is, like, I can, like, you can learn from anybody. And if we're all talking, we're all communicating. Like, I think what Michael Scott says in the office, man, as long as people like you and me are talking, America's going to be fine. <laughs> we're going to be fine, Oscar. <laughs> 
was, had to, had to drop an office office line. Hopefully, uh, you're not an office fan. Sorry, you won't get that. You're probably <laughs> greedy. It's not. Sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, man. I don't know. It's just it's such a cool time. It's such a weird time. Like there's so much like so much animosity out there for not sure what the reason is. Um, but I don't know. I'm just gonna try to keep learning myself, man. Keep and trucking just, along. Yeah, it's funny too. Like the more you learn, like the more you realize, like we don't know anything. Yep. Like there's so much more out there. <laughs> like I think like, somebody was talking to me about like shin angles the other day and like stuff like that. And like, like yeah, dude, that would be awesome. But like, where? At what point does it stop? <laughs> right. Like, like it's unbelievable. Like you have to be a little crazy in OCD to like you know. That's by the way, I think shin angles are important. That was a bad example. Um, but. It's like, you know, who else is, I mean, people are still trying to figure out, like, that path. And, like, we're on to, like, force vectors with shin, like, shin angles. And, like, dude, and then when we get to that, it'll be like, dude, we're not even close. Now we need to learn this. Like, that, that actually doesn't apply yet because we don't have this information. That doesn't apply <laughs> right. yet because we don't have this information. Like, this puzzle's not finished. Like, basically, we've got your 500-piece Harry Potter puzzle, and or 750 or whatever it was. And we we build it, and then all of a sudden, like the box just like drops out more puzzle pieces, and like half your half your puzzle's gone. You're like, dang it! I thought I figured it out. Yeah. I did a side note. I did like a 500 puzzle the other day, and one piece was missing. Oh no! And I searched everywhere for it, and I'm I believe to this day that they forgot the piece. So I spent all this time and the last piece it's like Meh. and I was like come on dude <laughs> do, you think, do you think every box is missing that piece like do you think it was like I hope so or do you think like just one like every like every box everybody bought that puzzle has to live without ever being able to finish it that's like, what I, that's how I want to see it because I don't want some you know I just got picked on because I spent all my time doing this and... alright man well hey thanks for calling today um well the what was this episode 12 we said 13 13 I'm confused we missed the day this week our bad uh, but um, yeah we'll get back on the horse tomorrow's what Friday we'll, uh, we'll get going do another one that's right As we all... get a guest for tomorrow man ooh yeah we'll do that we'll, uh, we'll have to get a guest for tomorrow people are sick of hearing from us <laughs> alright man I'll talk to you later yep. as always guys appreciate you listening have a good day